Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. And you can email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 98. And joining me today to talk all about the week that was, week two in the NFL, my main man, Denver's finest, Uncle Rico, Ricardo Germanini, in the house. Hey, a little better introduction. Did a little different than last season. You know, we're going <laughs> to a little bit. We have to evolve. You gotta evolve. We have to evolve you year over use, year. Can't use the same joke every time. Uncle Rico, how you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good here. I am looking at week two, and we got a lot of questions. A lot of questions out of week two. Oh, we got. Do we have more questions or or more answers? Questions. I don't, I don't think. I don't think anything's answered yet. It's too soon to answer any questions. But I think after this week, there are more questions that need to be answered. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a couple of questions that I think we've answered already. You were high on this team, higher than I was going into the season. Are the Miami Dolphins the best team in the NFL right now? I wouldn't. I don't want to go so far to say that the mm-hmm. top, but the argument is definitely there. I think they're top three. I, I find it very hard to look at another team that is this complete on both sides of the ball end to end. They're playing like they're in week eight or nine yeah. right now. That's well put. They look good, and Tua looks mature in the position. Like, he's comfortable in this offense. The defense looked good. Tyreek's having a great start to this year. It's hard to say that there's another team doing it this well this early. Yeah. Um, I have them number one on my power rankings right now. It's tough. i got them and the Eagles. I mean, it's, it can be one and one A, one or two, however you want to do it. You can interchange them. Um, the difference right now is Tua is playing better than Jalen. By far. By far. And, and yeah, that's the difference, right? Work to get back to his stride. Yeah. Um, I did look, you know, I'm looking at the look at the schedule at the standings right now. You look at the, the point differential. The Dolphins are two and oh, but only plus nine in points. But I look at that and I look at the game on Sunday when they played the Patriots. And uh-huh. They won that game, and they won that game by seven after beating the Chargers in uh, L.A. the weekend before. And I look at, I mean, two road games in a row, both in conference, both against pretty good teams. The Chargers have not been great. They're not been, and there's a lot of talk of what's going to happen there in the next few weeks. But I was impressed with the Patriots and how they stayed in that game. I said from the beginning, I thought that it's before the Aaron Rodgers inter, uh, injury, I thought all four teams would be over 500 at the end of the season in the AFC East because I had confidence in what the Patriots had done. Patriots showed who they are, a really solid team. The Dolphins were just better. And at no point did I think the Patriots are going to come back and win this game. I mean, I watched the game, and I went, okay, just – you know, the Patriots the late touchdown to make it a one-score game at the end. But I really at no point went, 
yeah, they're in it. They didn't play poorly, but the Dolphins were just better. And to go on the road, a Miami team go all the way across the country to L.A. week one. Traditionally, they have not done well with that. And then to go in division to New England on Sunday night and play against Bill Belichick and come out in that game. And I don't think they dominated, but I don't think that was ever in question either. I don't feel it was either. One of the things that that if I'm looking at, at the recap on this, one of the things that stands out to me is Bostert's got 120 yards and two scores. Yeah. They're rushing well. They're two was throwing well. He had 204, 250 yards, 21 to 30 for a a score and an interception, but they're running the ball. Well, as well at the same time, we have talked and talked about, you know, teams that run, control the clock, control the momentum. Yes, the Patriots are are fighting from behind, so they're doing what they got to do, and they did have some success there, but they didn't mm-hmm. win because I think Miami got up early and said, we're going to control the pace of this game. We're going to make them play on their heels, and we're going to just hold them there, and that's basically what they did. And that's, that is something indicative of a team that's that's – usually not there for another few weeks at least. And that's why I say I think they're playing in midseason form right now, and they look yeah. good doing it. I agree 100% with you. And I think that the thing that's impressive is early in the season, defenses are ahead of the offenses. And so how you have to counteract that is to run the ball. And the Dolphins have shown they're going to run the football. Did you see – from week one, I don't know if you saw it on NFL, the NFL film stuff of Mike McDaniel being on the big screen. This is a great, have you seen, I don't know if you've seen the story yet. I have, I okay. haven't seen that. You know, have you heard the story yet? So there's a review going on. This is a week one against the Chargers. And the camera in the stadium, they put the camera on Mike McDaniel, Dolphins head coach, during the, um, while they're doing the replay, and he's up on the big screen, he can see, he's, he looks up and he can see it. And so you don't see that he's done it, but he he mutes his microphone on his head. So he's got the little hand thing, and he mutes his microphone, right. which you can't see in the screen. can't see in the block of the screen. And he tells, so it looks like he's talking to his offensive coordinator, and he says, run the ball the next five plays. And he announced yeah. it so well you could see it on the screen reading his lips that he just said, run the ball the next five plays. <laughs> so, of course, what do they do? The next two plays are both big or pass plays that go for big yards with extra guys up in the box yeah. defensively. So genius of a move there in the moment by, by Mike McDaniel. I thought that was really funny. Um, I don't know if anybody if you saw that or not. If you didn't, Check it out on Twitter. It's up there on Twitter. Um, I saw it on um, Inside the NFL. It was funny as hell. That was from week one. But and Mike McDaniel knows run the football early in the season. The offenses or the defenses are ahead of the offense to run the football. That's where you see right now a couple of these two and O teams. The Baltimore Ravens are the other two and O team in the AFC after beating the Bengals this past week. And again, that game was never in doubt. 
Joe Burrow didn't no, play bad in this not. game. He actually played better, a lot better than week one. But the Ravens had that game in hand because they were physical and they ran the ball. And and every time they needed to play, they get to third and four, and it looks like the Bengals have got great coverage on the on the backside against the DBs, and there goes Lamar. He gets the first down. At the end of the game, yeah. the Bengals two times in a row get the get the Ravens to to, to either third or fourth down in four. And both times, Lamar runs for the first down, which runs the clock down enough where they can run out, turn it out all the way. But on the fourth down play, where it's here we go, stop them right here. The DBs had the Ravens locked down, and Lamar just uh-huh. made a little quick move to his right and beats the guy in front of him who was coming off a block, and he just can't can't get there. So I, the I'll Ravens. Tell you what I like is, about the Ravens right now. Go ahead. You mentioned the Ravens. I, I want to tell you what I like about the Ravens right now. Mark Jackson's not their leading rusher. They're running through. Yeah. They're running through the backs. Yeah. Now I, I know we've got an in, we got injury there, and I'm hoping they'll get somebody else to compliment in the yeah. backfield there before the trade deadliners or pick something up on free agency. You know, and you know Cleveland's talking about. You know, there's rumors talking about Kareem Hunt. That's a target for Baltimore as well because they need yeah. a one-year guy that, well, you know, while they have injury going on. Yeah, that, but I, um, what I like about it is Lamar's not trying to be the lead rusher on that team. We're spreading that out. He's becoming more of a passing quarterback who can run versus a running quarterback who can pass from time to time. Yeah. And it's a lot better for his health. It's a lot better for this team. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Dobbins out for the season, obviously. Torp his knee week one. and. Yeah. Uh, they ran uh, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and a couple others week two. Uh, there's talk about a couple of different players coming in there. So uh, you mentioned one earlier already. Who was it you mentioned? You mentioned um, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Uh, I heard Leonard Fournette may go visit him. So, I mean, they're going to get somebody uh-huh. in there for the rest of the season and see what they can do uh, just to give them, again, some, some to get the pressure off of, of Lamar. If Lamar plays this well, they're going to play well. They're going to be good, and he's going to be in the MVP race. But, again, we're two weeks in. It's hard to get too caught up in that right now. Um, yeah. yeah. Those are the only two. The Ravens and the Dolphins only two undefeated teams for two weeks in the AFC. Um, we knew there'd be parity in the AFC, but this is a little crazy. I mean, we got 5-0 in two teams. One of them in the Patriots I think is really good. The Bengals are 0-2, who, again, is, was a, a Super Bowl pick for many people, including myself. And then you have the Texans, the Chargers, again, who was a popular pick amongst people, and the Broncos. Um, I want to hit the Broncos real quick. I didn't talk about this beforehand, but the Broncos. I watched a lot of that game. Yeah. Russell Wilson is horrible. I'm not going to say he's good. I feel the team is beginning to trend in the right direction. I'm not going to write them off yet. Oh, but I think they are too. They, st- they still got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of work. To do. Russell Wilson needs to quit trying to let Russ cook, and he needs to listen to Sean Payton. Because if he does, they'll be a good team. I like a lot of what that team looks like. 
Here's what my point is. These 0-2 teams, the season's not lost for any of them yet. The Patriots are a good 0-2 team. The Broncos were never a playoff contending team this year, and they probably might have a chance at playing spoiler later, but they're not just god-awful. They lost in a god-awful way this past week. Uh, the way they played in the second half defensively was horrible. And and then, I mean, Russell, Sean Payton got Russell Wilson to finally calm down in the third quarter and play the game he wants them to play. The Chargers are going to have to make some serious issues here defensively. Um, Chargers are 31st in not defense in the league. They averaged a league-leading 7.9 yards per play. The defense was supposed to be the best part of this team going in with the with the franchise quarterback on the other side. Instead, the Chargers are in serious trouble. Of the 0-2 teams in the AFC, they're the one I think is in the most trouble. And I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon what- Staley's fired sooner than later. I'm be, I'm beginning to agree with that. I have said every time Justin Herbert and the Chargers come up, I do not have confidence in them finishing critical situations. I have no confidence in winning the big game. Yeah. Not that they can't put points up. It's not that they can't move their offense. It's not that they can't win games. But when it comes to a pressure situation, I haven't seen it out of them. Okay. The other Which, two, if we're talking about. If we're talking about 0-2s, this was my question to you on the 0-2s. Which 0-2 team is the most likely to save their season, make the playoffs I, well, from here? I, I think the answer is the Bengals because they've got Burrow and Chase. But that's where I was going to go next is that I don't know that Burrow and Chase can overcome their biggest problem in Cincinnati. And that's the guy with the headset on. Okay. I'm not a fan of Zach Taylor. I agree. I've said this for the last two seasons. Zach Taylor got the Bengals job a couple of years ago because he was in the orbit of Sean McVay for 10 minutes. He was a quarterback's coach for Sean McVay for a season. He got a head coaching job. Then he got Joe Burrow. And then he, again, the second best quarterback in the league. And you get a weapon with him, with Jamar Chase. Whether you think Jamar Chase is the best, I don't think he's the best wide receiver in the league, but he is an elite weapon. He is a Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase. Those are my, to me, the top three weapons in the league. And Mm -hmm. The fact that that offense can't figure out a way to get Jamar Chase the football. You know what they do? They line up in an offense like the um, like the Colts teams Peyton Manning had. They used to line up Marvin Harrison to one side and Reggie Wayne to the other. Now, look, they had yeah. Peyton Manning who was just different. And at a different time when he could make some changes. I'm not saying that Burrow can't do some of those things, because he certainly can. And he's actually more physically talented than Peyton Manning. Uh, he doesn't have it between the ears like Peyton Manning, but no quarterback in history ever has. Um, what I'll say is you can't just line up Jamar Chase to the right 
and, ex- and not move him around and expect him to get open. That isn't what you do. You've got a weapon like this. Move yeah. him around the field, get matchups. Find ways to get him the ball. I saw some of the advanced stats on Burrow. Now, Burrow had the horrible game week one. This past week, he was 22 or 27 for 225, 224, and two touchdowns. In two games, he is 23 of 27 when he holds the ball for less than 2.3 seconds. Best in the league. Best in the league in completion percentage in that time period. He has yet to not just complete, but even attempt a pass longer than 15 yards. What does that tell you about the offense? It tells me two things. It it tells me one of two things. And the thing that where this leads me the most is they're trying to shorten the field with him and get that ball out so that he doesn't get hurt. Yes, yes, absolutely. They're they're worried about and here we but 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 and, and here's I I see where you're going with that. I disagree. But what that tells here's what I'm seeing on that is that he's sitting on the sideline with a theragon on his calf, you know, and he's starting to look hurt already. And it's only week two. Yeah. Oh, he's there's in- a I, for sure. He's injured and mar- very likely. If they're smart, they're going to sit him for at least a week. Yeah. So, and that's problematic for where they are. And here's it. And so I, I ask that, and I, I agree with you. The potential is definitely there. I would pick differently, and I know I just bashed him, but I would pick the Chargers instead. And here's why. I don't think they're. Gonna, I don't think the Chargers are a Super Bowl team, but I think they can be a playoff team even at zero and two right now. And here's why. The Bengals' two losses are divisional losses. That's very true. And the Chargers, 0-2, haven't played a divisional game yet. Yeah. So that it's not that I don't disagree, but I think yeah. as a likelihood, it's the Chargers coming out of the division for a playoff ahead of the Bengals, in my opinion. Well, and that's assuming I see where you're going, saying, look, you got an easier path by trying to win your division. That makes sense. Uh-huh. And it is in that case. I mean, you've only got to beat the Chiefs. You don't have to... In, in the Bengals' case, they're going to have to jump Cleveland, Baltimore, and the Steelers. Now, I think they're a better team than both the Browns and the Steelers. Um, I don't know that they're a better team than the Ravens right now. But what I will say is I think that the the issue with the – what you're going to see, I think, a lot of is, okay, so the, the 2.3-second thing. Where the, com, the, com, the comp is on that is the advanced stats say that's a Brady kind of comp. Because Brady gets rid of the ball super quick like that when he was a player. And I get it. But what the difference was, was you had offenses where they had a playmaker, in that case Gronk, and they used him to get matchups. The Bengals have a playmaker just as good a one in chase. They refuse to try to find the matchup. They've got other players, T. Higgins, Boyd, Mixon played extremely well this past week, yet they are trying to get the ball out of Burrow's hands and doing it in the most unimaginative way. To me, it looks like they have no cohesive plan, 
And the biggest thing, and this is not in 2023 only, this has been an issue for two or three seasons now. The Cincinnati Bengals do not make in-game adjustments offensively. No, they don't. Go it's back to the conference championship that. game last year. They make any adjustments. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But they don't do We said that. We said that on the pod last year they didn't make adjustments when they needed to. It's it's not brains. Look, when you do an offensive plan, I've been an offensive coordinator. You, you have your plays. You know what you're going to show. You're going to show your formations. You're going to show certain plays. You want to see what the defense is going to match up to those because you're going to have two counters. You're going to have two counters to every adjustment because you know they're going to counter you one way, and based on what they counter, you ex- you ex- uh, exponentially take that out to, okay, they're going to counter here. Here's where we're going to go. They're going to counter this way. We're going to go over here instead. So you have this adjustment. Good offensive coordinators, good play callers, they're the ones that can extract that out, have those ready to go, and through the game, they're just going back to their list. They know. They know how these defenses are going to do these things. And if they don't know, then they're going to learn, and they're going to say, okay, we know this. Let's bring this piece in. They don't wait till halftime to make adjustments. I think I saw it in the Manning cast last year where Peyton Manning said he never made a halftime adjustment in his entire college or NFL career. You're making adjustments after the first possession. And the Cincinnati Bengals and Zach Taylor don't make any adjustments. It's it's hard-headed. It's not like they're running – they're a high school team running the Veer offense and just going to run you over and run you over and try to keep running the option at you because eventually this shit works. That isn't what you do in the NFL. Right. you got to start finding the matchups and getting those star players, those players who are your playmakers, the ball, and get them in spaces. I don't like the Vikings, and I don't like Kirk Cousins at all, but it sure helps when you've got, Patrick, when you've got, uh, Jamar, you've got Justin Jefferson and Justin Jefferson, you match him up. You move him around the field, create problems for the defense, and you find him open. You don't have to be Yoda to figure this out. Bengals fans are already calling for Zach Taylor to get fired. I called for it on Sunday. Here's the thing. None of us should hold our breath. This is an organization that killed on the Marvin Lewis for 14 years. This is a, a an organization that will. I said Marvin Lewis. I meant um, the former coach. They're like fourteen years. Um, they don't change coaches. Mike Brown, the owner, does not care about winning football. He wants to sell tickets and fill up the stadium and do it and do it at as little cost to him as possible. And that's, oh, that's not, a, not a great way to run a football team. And then, <laughs> we, we've had this conversation. If he wants to win football, he needs to do more than what he – these are the kind of decisions you have to make yeah. as an owner to put, you know, fans yeah. in the stands. So I so went off. We talked about 0-2s. Yeah, we're talking about 0-2s. What about the 2 – which 2-0 team is a pretender that's not – that's that's way, he's punching above their weight right now? In the AFC or the NFC? You want to switch over to the NFC? There's, there's, the only, there's only two AFC teams, 2-0. Uh, 
Of the two oh and so the two two and teams, I think both of them are for real. I think the the injury thing can hit can hit the Ravens. I think the Dolphins are extremely oh. good and will be there all season. The thing that will hurt the Ravens, that could hurt the Ravens, is if the Bengals get hot. And the injuries are really they're defensively, they got five guys now they've gotten hurt. Uh three are out for the season. They've got J.K. Dobbins out for the season now. Yep. Beckham gets hurt this past week. Uh, did you see the egregious yep. penalty that went against Beckham? That went against the Bengals? Every, every, everyone saw it. I'm watching the game live. I'm at a bar. I'm watching the game. And look, I'm an LSU guy. I love Odell Beckham. He's one of my favorite players. And when I saw them, if you see the replay, the ref who threw the flag – wasn't even looking at the play. So I shared it on Twitter. The Coach Bono's Twitter, the video is there. Shared it this, I shared it on Sunday. He literally sees the receiver, and uh, Beckham's the receiver, and he sees the DB go down with him. Doesn't see the play. He just looks to his right, sees both players on the ground, and throws the flag. If you're watching it, you see what happens. Beckham grabs him right up under his fucking throat. And pulls him down. Uh-huh. I mean, it was egregious. He's not, and you look, he's not even fucking looking at the play. It's right in front of him. It's like off to his right by just a couple of yards. And he's looking to the middle of the field for some reason. He looks over, glances over, sees Beckham down, sees the DB down, and throws a flag. It's like, what? Uh, huh? I don't get it. Um. Now, I don't think either team's bad, though, of those two. I don't think the Ravens are a bad team. I like the, Dol- I like the Dolphins are good. But I think if, if it's going to catch up to one of them, to me, it's the Ravens. All right. And we'll get those one-on-one teams in there in a minute. But yeah, right, let's roll over the, on the NFC. On the NFC, right, there so- are seven 2-0 teams on the NFC okay. side. This is crazy. All right, this is crazy because we know we knew – There'd be more parity in the AFC, which clearly there is. But the crazy part is, I know you like the 49ers a lot. A lot of people like the 49ers a lot. The Rams have showed they're not bad. I like Seattle. I picked Seattle to win the West. Seattle looked great against the Lions. They played the Lions really tough. Lions beat the hell out of the Chiefs. They beat up the Chiefs week one. Lose at home in a really tough game with the Seahawks week two. Packers lose on the road to Atlanta after winning week one. And the Packers-Falcons game might have been the best football game of the weekend. Nobody saw it. If you were at the bar like me, you got to watch all the games at once, that game was a hell of a game. But we got six, seven, seven teams, two and oh. Seven. Seven, the 49ers, who I know that's your team. You're on them. I um, I do have an opinion on the 49ers. I'm going to hit it real quick. They know that Brock Purdy isn't the guy to carry them to the promised land, but that's okay. And I'm going to explain why it's okay. They know he's not what the other top team's quarterbacks are. You know, he's the the rule, we call it the Dak Prescott rule here, where you got to be Dak Prescott or better to be a Super Bowl contender. Uh-huh. The 49ers know that Brock Purdy is not 
Brock, uh, Dak Prescott are better. But they don't even care because of how they play the game. Tremendous defense. They run the ball like crazy. So Purdy went, I got to pull these stats again here. It was like 17 to 25, which is really, I mean, it's, it's excellent. You'll take that anytime. 206, no, no passing touchdowns. They didn't have to. Their touchdowns were all. He rushed for one. He did he, rush. He ran for one. He ran for one. McCaffrey ran for one. Um, Purdy ran for one. Debo ran for half. one. And then Debo ran for one. They got three field goals. Um, the Rams were game that entire game. That was a really good game, and the Rams stayed with them. Um, 49ers got ahead. They got to 30-20 after the field goal uh, a couple minutes to go. It was like, okay, let's see what happens. The Rams got their field goal, make it a seven-point game. But when it got it to 10, the 49ers knew they won the game because it was two minutes to go. They, they knew they were there. But back to my point on, on, on Purdy, Purdy's, Purdy's not a franchise quarterback. He's not the guy that you're going to go, We he can help us win when we're not right. But he's not going to lose the game for you either. I will say that. He doesn't turn the ball over. And he allows the run game to be run game. I cannot defend Brock Purdy week in, week out. So I'm I'm going to say nothing except you sound like I sounded talking about Jimmy G last year, not losing the game for you. Brock Purdy's better than that. And that's as far as I'm going to go in his defense right now, because I, we could, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to have to continuously defend Brock Purdy every week. In the next, in the next two weeks, they're going to look good because they're playing the Giants, who haven't been great against quarterbacks. Have all been pretty good against them. The Cardinals are an abstract failure, and then we're going to see because then they play the Cowboys, who I'm going to get to. I there for real. Uh They're going to play in Cleveland now. I know that people are going to say, "Well, Cleveland isn't that good. They just lost." I want to see what happens against that pass rush. That would be a difference. That's what I want to see different there. And then they've got a couple other games in here in the next few weeks. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't – again, I'm not trying to insult the guy. I mean, he's a really good seventh-round pick. I mean – All right. Well, but back to – let's get back to the question. Yeah. So, we know the 49ers, they're, they're pretty good. They're good. What they're good the 2-0 other 2-0 team, team yeah, but, is a pretender? Okay, so eleven two and zero. Let's talk about that real quick. So we got three two and zero teams in the NFC East: Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, in a big win against the uh, uh-huh. against the Broncos. Um, Cowboys and Eagles—they're real. Commanders aren't like really good yet, but they're good enough right now. They're they're not going to be a playoff team, I don't think. But I've seen some things that kind of like them year one of this of this situation. They yeah, I, they I like, stole I they like stole the, the adult room situation from the Chiefs. They're in. Yeah, they stole the only adult in the offensive room from the Chiefs, and he's shown that he was the adult. In the room. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. We'll okay. get to that. Uh, the other ones. This is what's shocking. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh. Beginning of the year, we said the NFC South was going to be – both the South divisions were going to be bad. The NFC South is 6-2 and two with three 2-0 and o teams. Now, I watched the Falcons-Packers game. I picked the Falcons to win that game. The Falcons are a good football team. That hurts me to say. All those years of being a New Orleans <laughs> Saints fan, it fucking hurts to say that. But they're talented, they're good all around, and I like Desmond Ritter. I like what I see. You know, and it's funny to hear you say that because not there's a lot a lot of people who are high on Desmond Ritter, and I, I like. I gotta tell you, there's there's something about maybe it's not him, but it's just that they're doing something very different. You know, they're a different team than they've been in the last many years. And it's it's encouraging that the NFC South and, and I, I okay, I'm not gonna lie. I wanna put I'll be upfront with that about it, especially with the NFC South, I am setting you up. You are? I am setting you up because the Saints are two and up. Okay, I'm gonna get there. We're gonna get to in a minute. So first up with the Falcons, <laughs> I think they're actually pretty good. I ain't gonna lie. Desmond Ritter is a good quarter. What's helped them? It's B. John Robinson. They they oh, smart drafted B. B. John Robinson. We knew was the best running back in this draft. Far and away, he was worthy of a first round pick. He was worthy of a top ten pick, apparently. And immediate impact. Immediate immediate impact. impact. I'm gonna go to Tampa first, then we're gonna go to New Orleans because I got a lot to say. Okay, okay. <laughs> Tampa's a fraud, a straight up fraud. Uh, Tampa played. A really bad Bears team. Uh, the Bears are slipping as we're speaking right now. Justin Fields is getting worse. Oh, it yeah. Hurts They're me. They're getting because worse. Because I thought Justin Fields was going to be good this year. But let's talk about who the Bucs have beat. They they beat the Bears, who were horrible on Sunday and have not been good yet. Uh-huh. They beat the Falcons week – or they beat the, the Vikings week one. They beat the Vikings. They did beat the Vikings. But – that makes you me think that you're think that the Vikings are a good team, and I don't because they have. I don't think they're, they're as good as other people think they are. I don't think they're as good as other people think they are. But in a world where people are going, and in and, and, and as I say this as a preface, where people are talking about the Giants and the Jets because Dallas beat them both and looked really good doing it, that. Beating the Vikings is not a is 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 kind of ho hum. Yeah, they beat the Vikings. The Vikings were in the playoffs last year. They were they were talked about as Super Bowl contenders last year. Well, and they still have the main weapons from that team in Justin Jefferson, primarily. So it's not it's, you can't just throw them out. I can't at this point. Well, I will because you brought up a stat before we even got started that I had heard, and you, you were right about this. One, they lost Dalvin Cook. Uh, that was a huge mistake, getting rid of Dalvin Cook. Um, uh-huh. Secondly, you brought up a stat before we recorded recording. Last year, what was it? What was the Vikings' um, record in one-score games? Oh, yeah, yeah. So in one-score games with Vikings, last year they were 11-5. and five. So They had 16 yeah. one-score games. They won yeah. 11 of those. This year they're in that same. It's two one-score games, and they yeah. lost them both. So yeah. who are who are they this year? Yeah. You got to figure you're going to regress to the mean eventually. You don't have as good a run uh-huh. game. The defense isn't that good. New new coach, new system. 
and their quarterback's awful. I don't look. I I I have a line about Kirk Cousins. I want to shout out my boy Barry Kingery. Barry Kingery, listener of the show, one of my best friends, huge Vikings fan. We have an inside joke about Kirk Cousins. Every time Kirk Cousins cashes a paycheck, he's stealing money because he's not a good quarterback. I get you. I I don't disagree with you. It doesn't hurt that you've got Justin Jefferson. He's the best receiver in the league. And it helps they move him around, and he's a matchup nightmare. But if he's not throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins is not a good quarterback. And so that's where, like, I don't give the Bucks any credit for either of those two wins. Now, okay. you ask me, who were the fraud two and us? The Bucks are one yeah. of them, and the New Orleans Saints are the other. <laughs> Oh, my God, is that a bad football team? Oh, Christ on a cracker, is that a bad football team? Holy fucking shit, everything I warned you people about, everything I said was going to happen has come true. They know he's a fraud. The Saints know Derek Carr is a fraud. Did you watch the game Monday night? No, I was watching the other game. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'll tell you what happened in that game. The Saints knew that Derek Carr sucks so bad that when it's third down, they bring Taysom Hill in at quarterback and run the football because they can't count on Derek Carr to make a play. It's week two, and they're already playing Taysom Hill at running back or at quarterback in important times of the game. If they're already doing that, they know they fucked up. You done fucked up, A.A. Ron. The whole Saints, I warned them. I warned them this was going to happen. (laughs) The New Orleans Saints defense has got two shitloads of talent. They are talented at DB. They are super talented at linebacker. Cam Jordan is still a really good pass rusher. They're going to stay in games because of that. But that offense has got Michael Thomas. Chris Olave is a hell of a player. And they get Alvin Kamara back this next week. Before the full game week four. They do. But Derek Carr is the quarterback, and he's Fucking awful. He might. I, I, I warned it. This is why I quit. This is why I went to rehab and got off the Saints was because I said if you sign Derek Carr, you are setting your franchise back. And that's what they did. He's a fraud. I teed it up for you, and I teed it up for you, and I don't disagree. And I'll bring up. You brought up Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is the third-string quarterback, and he is their leading rusher in this game. This is a problem. I, I, I wanted to hear. I, I, I know you needed to say it, so I wanted to tee you up for they've that. Won but I completely games. agree. They are the fraud of all frauds of 2-0 and o teams. They are. They won two games by four points. They won the Titans game because the Titans didn't go for a fourth down. They punted with two and a half to go. Yeah. When they should have gone for it, 
on fourth and two. Just run right over to fucking Saints. Get the first you down. Scott Henry, just put him down the middle. Yeah, you got Derrick Henry. I agree. And, and the other thing the Titans have got, and they're playing him, keep an eye on Ty J. Spears, the backup running back. He's already getting carried. Uh-huh. He's already really good. They're going to learn. The other Saints win. Okay, the Panthers are 0-2. And they're one of the, the four 0-2 teams in the NFC. They're the best of the 0-2 teams in the NFC. I agree with that as well. The I Panthers, well. I, I tell you what I see. I see Bryce Young, and I go, this guy's a future NFL Pro Bowl. This guy is a star. Yeah, he's a, he's young. He will be. He, he will, will be. be. He will be. He's a star. He's in game two. It's going to be a little while. The Carolina Panthers have put some pieces around him, and they're getting it together. The Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans are the two teams. By week 12 or 13, nobody's going to walk on their schedule. There's going to be some good team in the playoff hunt. Maybe it's the Bengals. Maybe it's the Ravens. Maybe it's one of these teams from the South. You know, the Falcons or or, or, the, or the Bucks. Someone's going to play that Panthers team or that Texans team, get beat by them, and it's going to cost them a playoff spot. Because that Panthers team is going to be very, very good at the end of the season. I'm not saying they're a playoff team. That's going to take a large leap. But what the Lions were, the second, like the last nine games of the season last year, seven and two, those last nine, those are two candidates for you right now. The Houston Texans, Carolina Panthers. Super impressed. I completely agree. I know they lost to the Saints. Completely agreeing. And horrible, horrible, horrible. I want to read you something real quick. We're going to talk about some QBs for a minute here. I'm going to give you some advanced stats and some statistics, and I want you to tell me if you want quarterback A or quarterback B. Now, we talked about Kirk Cousins already, and you how, you know, I think yeah. he's a fraud. You, We were kind of talking that you were like, I can't, you're not going to get too critical of him, but you're not convinced either. We're going to talk about Jared Goff next. Well, I think we both kind of underestimated and has looked has looked really good, I think, the first two weeks. But I'm gonna give you this. Player A, Q, total QBR, player A, 55 points his career, 55.9. Player B, 52.7. Expected points added per play. This is one of those advanced statistics. 0.114 for player A, 0.071. Player B. That's how many points per play. This is how you adjust on these quarterbacks and advanced metrics. Uh-huh. These this is. It's one and a half times better for player one. Uh-huh. CPOE, which is one of these completion percentage over expectation. 0. 0.105 for player A, 0. 0.87 for player B. Passing yards per game over their career, 254 player A, 248 for player B. Total yards per game, 268 for player A, 
254 for player B. Again, none of these stats have gone player B's way yet. Touchdown percentage, 4.9% of all throws are touchdowns for player A. 4.4 for player B. Interception percentage, this is a little higher. This is the one where player B is a little better. 3.4, it's a lot better. 3.4 for player A, 2.0 for player B. Player B does not turn the ball over as much. Yards per catch, 12.6 yards per completion, player A. 11.0 for player B. Yards per attempt, 7.7 for player A, 7.1 for player B. Let me get this next one here. Win percentage. Not great win percentage either way. 0.425 for player A, 0.444 for player B. Win percentage when the defense gives up Less than 20 points. 0.80 versus 0.60. So four out of five times or three out of five times. Yeah. Win percentage when defense gives up less than 25 points. 0.718 for player A. 0.629 for player B. Player B signed a contract this offseason for four years, $150 million. Do you know who Player B is? Oh. I kept tra- I kept thinking who Player A was. We're going to go to Player B first. This is the important part. Player B is Derek Carr. Oh. Player B is Derek Carr. Player B is Derek, is Derek Carr. Okay. Do you have any idea? The player A is currently under contract for one year for $4 million. Player A is 29 years old. Player B is 32 years old. So Derek Carr is 32. Who is player A? Better not be Derek Carr. It's not. Okay. So they're 29. They're on a one-year contract. Oh, wait, no. Is that Baker? Nope. No, it's not Baker. Baker doesn't have that good of numbers. No, his numbers aren't as good. You mean to tell you? Oh, wait, no, 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 wait, wait. Okay, I have have an idea. No, there's not enough numbers for that to be true. Tell me. Okay, I I have an idea. Player A. No, just go ahead. Player A is Jameis Winston. Is who? Jameis Winston. Oh, Jameis Winston. Yeah, okay. Eric Carr's back up. Not even starting. It has better numbers. Has better numbers in his career. He's three years younger. He has better numbers in every dynamic except for interceptions. The only knock on Jameis Winston is he had one season where he threw thirty interceptions. It is he's literally the only reason yeah. he's not the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. There is zero reason that the Saints should be playing Derek Carr at quarterback when they have Jameis Winston. I'm not going to disagree with you, but in, in my opinion, neither of them should be starting. Both of them should be clipboard quarterbacks. I think that I they can both be backup quarterbacks, but I think it's ridiculous that a team that had player one gave player two $100 million, $150 million. 
Oh, I, it, now I'm not, I'm not disagreeing that, with that. I think I'm, player one is I a franchise I never thought – I, I, I understood why they were going after Derek Carr. I did not understand the contract in which that was going to happen. I don't understand why Derek Carr is the quarterback of, a, of an NFL team right now. He was benched at the end of the season last year by the, by the Raiders. Yes, but but in fair and and and, and, I, and there's been repeated. I said it repeatedly. There's bigger problems with the Raiders than Derek Carr, and a lot of that is is but it's true. But that doesn't mean he's any good. That, that doesn't mean that that him not, no he no. I don't, not, this is not a defense. Of that him. that's wrong. I mean, that's it's not a defense of him. Yeah, it's not a. It's not. It's the. That was not the reason they're bad. And him leaving did not make them any better. But no, there's it did no not. reason to think he was going to be any better anywhere else. He's had nine years in the NFL. And in nine years, he's never improved. His work, his yard, his every statistic he's had oh, measurably worse the last four seasons. And I agree. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I'm not saying that, that Jameis Winston should be the quarterback. My thing was, as, the, as a Saints fan, I said the time, I said, play Jameis and go into the draft next year. Because you weren't going to get I, I don't disagree. three guys this year. You couldn't, get, don't you couldn't get young. You couldn't get Stroud. I got it. I understood it. But you can't go in with that guy. So there. That's... I don't disagree at all in that regard. Yeah. And I know you. I, it, there's a, there's justification there in your in your reasoning to not be a Saints fan for now. Yeah. Have, having said that, I I agree there should have been other options on the table rather than Derek Carr. Yeah. I do agree Derek Carr should be a clipboard quarterback right yeah. now. And I don't and I don't agree with starting Jameis Winston over him. He also should only be a clipboard quarterback gonna make, going forward. I'm, I'm going to make a prediction. All right, so this week the Saints are playing uh, the Packers in Green Bay. Yes. Packers are going to kill them. The week after they play the oh, Bulls, yeah. pretty yeah. much the fraud bowl, we'll see who wins. Back-to-back, back, the Saints then play the Patriots and the Texans. They're going to lose both games. So after six weeks, the Saints are going to be three and three. They then have the Jags at the Colts, the Bears at the Vikings. So they're going to have three, four games there, which they need to win two and try to figure out a way to win two of those. You do that at 10 games or five and five. And here's why they have a problem because they end the season with. Falk at Atlanta, Detroit, Carolina, who we think is going to be better, the Giants, who will be fighting for a playoff spot at that point, at the Rams. We haven't talked about how the Rams have played so much better this last two weeks and how golf has looked a lot better. Then you got to go to at Tampa. Again, that's going to be kind of an easy one. In the season against the Falcons. The Saints are going to lose. Five of the last seven. A lot. The Saints had better They're get gonna lose the, a the Saints lot. better get seven wins quick. Because if not, they have zero chance to get to the playoffs. They're gonna lose. I, I agree. The first seven. their 
their front half is one of the easier front halves in the NFL. Seven. It's not, and not only is it is it what who they're playing, it's when they're playing him. Like you're playing, they had the Packers this week. You're getting Jordan Love week three. You're not going to get a better chance at beating the Packers this year because if you're playing Green Bay in week ten or twelve, they're going to be a better team. Jordan Love is going to be much more mature. Yeah. I think they're going to be a better team oh, yeah. by week ten to twelve. So you're getting Jordan Love week three. His 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 what his fifth start in his career ever. Yeah, and it's it, his third time, third week in which he is the number one. He's the definitive number one guy. You're not going to get a better chance at it. Yeah. The other thing I'll say on the no. Saints is I talked about how bad Zach Taylor is at offenses. Boy, the unimaginativeness yeah. of Pete of um, Pete Carmichael, the offensive player of the Saints, is just fucking off. It's pretty clear that Pete Carmichael, he was the left, he was the OC with Sean Payton. And Sean Payton uh-huh. thought so little of his little intern, like Pete Carmichael, he left his ass in New Orleans. He didn't bother bringing him with him to Denver. Because when he got to Denver, he brought all adults with him. He left little Pete in New Orleans. And little yeah. Pete and Dennis Allen, the head coach, they get to enjoy playing for the Wicked Witch of the West, the old woman, the old, I, I called her an old slut on fucking, on fucking Twitter. Mr. Benson's ex-wife, the wife, the wife who stole everything from the kids. She doesn't care about how yeah. the team wins or not. The old man did before he died. You know, he leaves it to the fucking stripper ex-wife or the stripper wife uh, who fucked the kids over. She doesn't care. And they're just picking up paychecks. The Saints had better win of eight of the first ten because if they don't, they're not going to get the ten wins in the last seven. No, I don't think the Saints break 500. No. I, I don't. I have a lot of bets on the under nine and a half. So They're 2-0, and and they I, I agree. They are the biggest pretender at 2-0. Yeah. I There's think no them and the Bucs. I think the Bucs are bad, too. What helps the Bucs is that they played two bad teams. The Bears were super bad this past week. And Mike Evans had a really good game this past week. He was getting open against the butt naked open. And I was talking to Tyler Jones about this when we were texting. He loves Baker Mayfield. And I was like, look, Baker sucks. He does. I, Baker's not a running quarterback in the NFL either for me either. And I look at it and I go, look, the throws he made to, to Mike Evans, I could have made. You could have made. Half the adult listeners this show could have made. Butt naked yeah, he- <laughs> okay, uh, and but here's here's where I'm at with with Baker right now. If that's how you design your offense, he has no interceptions. He's only got one sack on the year in two games at Tampa Bay. Does he need to make those throws? No. I I said it before. I think Baker's about a, had a bad rap for quite a while, getting shuffled around, different coordinators, different coaches every year. He hasn't had any consistency. So whatever he produces to me is all gravy because no one's expecting anything out of him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's now, little, do I think Tampa Bay's a playoff team? No, That's... I don't think Tampa Bay's a playoff team. But they're not even looking to be a playoff team. And Baker is, is, is going down basically. Where Jameis Winston, their car are, or where, where Jameis Winston is and where I think Derek Carr should be in a backup role, 
That's where Baker should be. He's good for a few games, but he can't carry a season and he can't carry a team. That is the reality of the situation. However that unfolded over the last few years, however you want to interpret it, that's where you are. You can talk about how he got that way. doesn't matter. It's where you are right now and how you're moving forward. And that's where he is. I get it. A couple other things I want to hit on. I don't want to take too much more time, but here we go. Um, how where are you out of the Dallas Cowboys? I, I am not going to. <laughs> we're talking about Tampa here, you know, against the Vikings and the Bears. I am not sold on Dallas. Dallas has looked the best they have looked in a very long time in just these two weeks. But it. You're talking about a Giants team who was a blind man in a dark room, couldn't find shit, yeah. and a Jets team without Aaron Rodgers who don't know who they are, and Zach Wilson is kind of, well, he's, he's, he is who he is. That team has problems. So you beat a team at their worst and another team who now has basically, get, you know, they're, they're trying to salvage yeah. something of this debacle. So they haven't beat anybody, in my opinion. Yeah. So, of course, they look good. Yeah, They had better look good against these teams. Now, having said that, does is, is the game plan they said they were going to do working for them? Yes. I say that goes well for them. Yeah. Now, what do they look like? When they play somebody, I'll let you know. Yeah. They got right the now, they haven't beat anybody I give a shit about. Yeah. They get the 49ers in a couple weeks. I think it was be their first litmus test. I don't disagree with you. I, yeah. I think you're a good team. Um, again, they passed the Dak Prescott rule. I mean, he's he's good enough for quarterback, I think. The defense is outstanding. The thing I don't like about them is late in the year, it's gonna this is what Mike McCarthy does. He's gonna get into a game late in the season where it's all on the line, all or nothing, and he's the one that's gonna fuck it up for everybody. So he took um, over play calling decisions at his own did. desire. Yeah. And and you look at the first so his he's they played the Giants and the Jets. They have yeah. the Cardinals next, and we can we don't even need to discuss the dysfunction oh. that the Cardinals are right now. We'll not even go there. And the Patriots, who to me are middle of the road at best right now. They do not impress the Patriots are not impressing me at all right now. So they don't have a test until week five. Yeah. And they've got their feet under them. And I don't think they beat the 49ers. I think the 49ers, because one, they got to go to San Francisco, and two, the 49ers already kicked their ass once, and they haven't changed. Dallas may play a better game, but I don't see them doing any better against the 49ers now in in four in three weeks, sorry, three weeks, than they did last year. I don't see any difference. Yeah, it's one of those that we don't have. I will say they. I will say that I still stand behind Micah Parsons as an MVP. I still think he is the the most electrifying defensive player in the NFL right now. Yeah, he's awesome. He's he's incredible, and I think that's a big part of it. Their their defense is excellent. Uh, I think they're it, it, they're it really is. They're it, as good as they were last year. They're even better this year on defense. Yeah. I like what they're doing, but I need to see this against yeah. somebody who can actually play offense, and they haven't done that yet. Yeah. Couple of quick hits. I'm going to ask you on these. Then I'm going to get us out of here. Um, one, talk about the Chiefs for a second. Is is Patrick Mahomes in a slump? Yes, but I'll say that he looks more like he did two years ago when they got off to a rough start. 
the first half, if you remember, not last year, but two years ago, that first six to eight games, it was pretty rocky. Whatever they won, they didn't look good. They were ugly doing it. And that's kind of how they feel right now. They look, they're winning, they won, but they look ugly when they won. I think by the time you get to midseason, they're going to shape this up. I'm not concerned about the Chiefs, but at least for now. But they don't look as good as they did. They don't look as sharp or as crisp as they did last year. And quite frankly, I think that this is exposing the coaching. I, I, you, you and I are on the same page about the enemy. We think he was the adult in the room. We give him a lot more credit than anyone else is giving him. And to that point, isn't Matt Nagy the OC? How were the Bears under Matt Nagy? They really haven't. Yeah. Not very good. He was a good OC when he was good. in Kansas City before, and he was a good OC in Philly. Um, but he he has not been a he's not been good so far. And again, I get it. The Kelsey's hurt. You know, he misses game one. He did, he played limited in game two. You know, it's hard when you have a top playmaker like that and you don't have him on the field. Um, but you know, one thing I've always said about the Chiefs is, in a game, the end of a game. You got 15. 15 can make some plays and get you there. Um, you know, the okay. biggest thing I think about the Chiefs? Run the football. Isaiah Pacheco is a really good running back. He's averaging 4.7 yards a carry. And their offense, it, it happened this way a couple of times. When they did run a couple of counter plays, he breaks them for seven, eight yards. There's momentum. And I wish we'd see some teams in the NFL play with a little bit of um, – with a little bit more, you get that momentum and play with some um, some energy. They get back on the ball, a little momentum, and keep that thing rolling. I think the Chiefs ought to do that, and I think the Chiefs can use that running game that way, especially if you can get Travis Kelsey healthy. Because if you can get teams sitting back on their heels, you get a first down in the run game. Bring everybody to the line of scrimmage. Call a quick play. You don't substitute, they can't substitute, and bam, you can break a big play. I know it's a little more college football than it is NFL, but, you know, if you're going to get cute, and we know the Chiefs want to get cute, that's a better way of getting cute than some of the bullshit they draw up in the dirt. So I absolutely agree. I would love to see more no huddle. I would definitely like to see the Chiefs run more. You're talking about that, and it made me think of uh, the Jets in the same situation. Brees Hall got four touches. Four. That's all he touched the ball four times. He's one of the, the he's kind of like that Bijan. He's he's electrifying when he's he running the ball. He looks Brees really Brees good. Brees and you're giving him the ball four times. I agree with you on that with the Chiefs. They need to involve Pachanka more. They need to involve the running game more in general at all. I completely agree with you. I get it. Look, I, my my theory is whether you want to say between the 30s or once you pass the 40, either way is fine for me, whatever your system you want it to be. Um, I think in the NFL, you get past the 40 and you get a quick running play for a first down, well, I think you can catch a matchup on somebody. If you've got Kelsey on the field or you've got Pacheco on the field and you can put him in, you can get him the run, a counter kind of play, if they can't match up if you run to the line of scrimmage and you don't take anybody out. Play with some momentum. And I think that 
we're going to see some. The Falcons did that a couple times to the Packers uh-huh. in the second half, especially. Robinson to get a first down. They go right to the line of scrimmage. Ritter, boom. And then Ritter gets it into somebody. It's like, okay, maybe it's only a six or seven yard play, but now you're at second and four. And now second and four, the whole playbook's open. And I, I completely Chiefs, agree. I don't think the no huddle is used enough in the yeah. NFL. And I think that's, I, I see opportunities for that in situations where, oh, you just got a first down. Let's say you got a 20 yard pass to a first down. Yeah. Why not run straight to the line of scrimmage and run one real yeah. quick? Don't give the chance for the defense a chance to reset. Go right down the throat right there. Get four or five yards. You set yourself up really nice for a second down if you can t- if you can do that. You know who Why did not? it? You know who did it week one? The Detroit Lions did it to the Chiefs. Uh-huh. You go back yeah, to that did. second possession or the third possession. When they ran the fake punt, the fake punt, they yes. get the first down. What was the next thing they did? They switch out players as quickly as they can. They get on the ball. The Chiefs can't match up fast, fast enough. Boom, you go. Now, that's extreme, but I like the idea of, again, you get past the 40. Uh-huh. So that if you do have a negative play, it doesn't kill you completely. It's not, you know, it's like your own 20 yes. or thing. But you get up to the 40, a momentum play can get you seven, eight, nine yards. Now you're midfield on a second and one, second and two. You can take shot, or you can, if they decide, oh, we got to play soft because they're going to take a shot, now we can run the ball again. I, The Chiefs have shown they'll run some trick shit at you. Well, if they're going to run trick shit at you, do this. And it ain't like Mahomes ain't smart enough. The guy, he can fucking play the position. I'd like to see that, and I, I think Atlanta's doing it a little bit with Ritter at quarterback and B. John Robinson. I can see Carolina doing it with Bryce Young at quarterback uh, as they get a little more him a little more comfortable with the speed of the game. That was one thing I noticed early in their game this week was that a couple of times where Bryce Young would have taken off and run with it at Alabama, he already knows not to run with it because the other guys are just as fast coming at him. I like yeah the decision making looks yeah. uh, that we we you know with regards to him I you know and, and in fairness. Honestly, it's all of the young quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not, I'm not impressed, but I'm encouraged by the decision making they're yeah. making early. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think Stroud. Uh, but going back to the, going back to those, going back to that, I I would. I not only do I agree. I think that the stronger the defense, the more you have to put them on their heels, and the team. You know, the Dallas defense, the 49ers defense, the 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 Eagles defense, any of those kind of power defenses, you want to try and take advantage and put them on their heels as much as possible in good situations. I like the idea of a quick no huddle in the middle of the field to get you a few extra yards on a, on a, on a play when they can't adjust. Yeah. Don't give them the time, not only to, to switch out players, but to realign themselves, come up and whatever it is, just go because they won't be ready. Yeah. And that's the key thing. Isn't so much that you're ready. Make sure they're not ready because you're not trying to go to the end zone. Get six or seven. Get a really good six or seven on a first down by putting them off their kilter, getting them off pace. Yeah. And, and then go, reset after that. And you know what it also does? All the really good teams have that great edge rusher. And when you're in second yes. and four, second and three, second and two, 
they can't sell out to the regular pass rush. And now you've yeah. got to manage on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, we mentioned, we talked about Kirk Cousins a little bit ago. You met someone before we got on. You and we uh, briefly said it. I'm going to come back to you on it now. Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, the Detroit won, wins week one. Week two, they lose at home. In the game, they, they had two shots at winning the thing. I mean, they really did. Um, but Goff yeah. played well. And we've talked about how to be that team that has a shot to win the, the Super Bowl, you got to have the quarterback. I don't think yeah. either of us are a hundred percent sold on Jared Goff, but I want you to talk about Jared Goff for a bit because you you had an opinion here. Let me hear about your Jared Goff take. Here's here's there's when you look at the numbers through two weeks, and and I think that the two quarterbacks that we probably have beat up on more than anybody in this regard is Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. And I'm not going to defend Kirk Cousins. They're they're 0 and 2. I'm not going to sit here and, and talk about that. But when it comes to to these quarterbacks, he's got one interceptions, four touchdowns, and he's averaging 288 a game in two games. What he's not doing is making mistakes. He is completing passes. He's making the smart plays. And there's a part of me that, especially with Jared Goff, less for Kirk Cousins, but but still there is. I, I feel like whatever that negative opinion has been has been un, is unwarranted right now. That makes him the vitriol that we've kind of spread that way is unwarranted right now because he's not being that guy we have kind of dumped on from the early part of his career. We 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 have never been sold on Jared Goff as that guy. I mean, part not of it once. is that you look the Rams were like, hey. This guy's the guy holding us back from winning the Super Bowl. And sure enough, they were right. You know, they traded him off. They got, they got Matt Stafford. They paid a little more to get him. And then they go win it with Matt Stafford. But Goff's not terrible. He He's serviceable. And he's played well the first two weeks. Now, he had, he had to pick six this week. And that's what turned the game away from them. But what he didn't yeah. do was after the pick six – he didn't fold his tent. He didn't just say, oh, I'm done. He led them in those two drives, got them back in the game, got the field goal to take them to overtime. They just don't get the ball first, and Seattle goes straight down and scores. Um, you know, game's over when they get the touchdown. Um, and in that game also, David Montgomery gets hurt and is out for the game. He misses the second half of the game. Uh, he's day-to-day from yep. what I'm hearing now. But again, you get that run game. You got a pretty good run game. They got a couple of playmakers. I don't dislike Jared Goff either. I I, I don't know that he passes our our well my. I, I don't think he rule, passes the Dak test. But he's close. I don't think he passes the Dak test. He's but close though. By, here, here's where I'll say it with regards to Jared Goff, and, and and I will compare this to something we were already talking about earlier. Brock Purdy. I'm higher on him than you. Well, Purdy, yes. But, yeah, when it comes to Purdy. But Purdy, you're saying he's not a franchise quarterback. I agree that Jared Goff is not a franchise quarterback. But are they good enough with what they have around them to win? Yeah, well, let me ask. Yeah, I I agree with that, too. I think Jared Goff's better than Brock Purdy. 
I think he's more experienced. That's part of. I think that's part of. Yeah, that that is more. That is part of that. That's a lot he, of it. He definitely looks mature. He definitely looks like a mature quarterback. I wouldn't say he's a franchise quarterback. He definitely plays like a mature quarterback who knows what he's going after this yeah. year. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I there were some good things I saw with Jared Goff this week. Again, there's no one of those. The, the theme of this, we got more questions than we do answers in week after week two. Um, a couple. It's questions. only week two. There's still a lot happening. Like you look at the Giants and what they did in the second half versus the first six quarters of this year, and you're seeing co- completely different teams. Yeah. Look at the Bills, week one versus week two, two completely different teams. Yeah. So two that's where I was going next, if you will. The, so that three lot doesn't talk about. One was the Giants. Giants fight back hard. The second half, playing an outstanding second half. Like I like Daniel Jones. I like him more better than most people do. I go as far I as like more I, I think he passes the Dak Prescott rule. But I don't think they pass it as being a contender. And I think the reason <laughs> being is that it's too hard a division when you have both the Cowboys and the Eagles in the division. Fair. That's the That's issue there. That's the issue there. If they were somewhere else, hey, look, if the Giants were in the South. They would be a player. If they if they win the South, they will have definitely earned it. Yeah. Well, do I think that's going to happen? No. But if it does happen, yeah. they will so, have earned it yeah. for sure. The other two I got for you. You mentioned Buffalo. Buffalo played two shitloads better on Sunday. Is that mean Buffalo is back, or the Raiders are really bad? What I think it's a combination of the two. It's a combination of the two. I don't think they're again. I'm not. It's. I don't think the Raiders are coached very well in general. Period. I don't think they have been coached for very well for a long time. So there's a part of that that there, but at the same time, I thought Josh Allen was pulled a full 180. Yeah. And the team rallied with that, and they played like we expect the Bills to play. Like they showed up finally. And that again, we talk. I said it. I said it last week, and I keep saying it. The first two. I think for me, the first three weeks of the season is the preseason for the starters. They're yeah. just figuring themselves out now. You mentioned that. Uh, let's talk about that real quick. Cause you mentioned that and I brought it up on Tyler Jones's pop. We were talking about, I stole your, stole your, your energy on that one. Cause you mentioned how we mentioned how the, the defenses are always ahead of the offenses at the beginning of the season and how we've seen so many injuries now in two weeks as well. Nick Chubb gets yeah. hurt this way. We had a few other injuries. Um, lots of injuries the first two weeks to starters, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the, the Lions had one on the defensive side. Um, uh, yeah. One of the corners. Uh, Chauncey. Uh, oh, God damn. I can't believe it was the Saint. Um, can't remember his name, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they, a lot of that, I think you're right. A lot of those PE pieces are having to do with um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is the person we're thinking about, by the way. Uh, he's on injury reserves okay. after the season. Um, so, yeah, you look at these those injuries. You look at Burrow's still not right. Gardner-Johnson's out for the season. Nick Chubb had a horrible injury on Monday night. Um, that was just brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. A lot of I that, that is they're not playing in the preseason. And I know they have to worry about getting hurt in the preseason. But we got guys getting hurt week one and week two. 
because they didn't get any reps. And you're not getting any game time reps. You're not walking into season into week one ready to play. It used to be that when preseason came around, you'd put him in for a series. You give him a series. Yeah. In each game, let him let him play a little bit. Get him get a taste so they can get up to speed. But you don't don't do much because you don't want to risk injury in the preseason. But to not play them at all is what we have right now, and we're seeing these kind of season it's not just that they're injured they're season ending injuries yeah you know, for these guys and yeah. I, and i don't think you're doing yourselves any favors by by saving them for the regular season when the defenses are ready to go yeah. these defenses are not just they're 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 they are playing in the in the in the in the preseason because they're not patrick Mahomes, because they're not josh allen because they're not aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So they're getting the, that ready. When they walk into know, week one, they're ready to go. And a lot of the specialty players on defense only play so many downs anyway. Yeah. You know, um, last question. I think it's a great point. I think that the pre, lack of a preseason has really hurt a lot of the players. Um, last question. I have a kind of hot take on this. Jacksonville. Okay. What is Jacksonville. What are I don't they? think they know that answer. Did you? I don't think they know that I, answer. I, it just wasn't a very. It didn't seem like the the, the Jags Chiefs game seemed like two teams that just didn't really have a feel of who they are. I think the Jags defense little, pretty yeah. well, but Trevor Lawrence didn't look good at all, and they looked all out he of sorts. He looked a little off. He looked a little off. And, and, again, I don't think the Chiefs looked clean or ready either in that way. In my opinion, they looked a little little ugly in a win that they should have – I mean, not to say they shouldn't have won. They should have won this game. But it shouldn't have been this difficult for the Chiefs. Yeah. They look out of sorts. And Jacksonville looks very similar. Yeah. And I think, again – Going back to that, this is the preseason for them. They're just getting warmed up into who they are. Um, I think Jacksonville missed a step coming off of the end of last year. Does that make sense? Like, it does. Where they were at the end of last year, they have not come back. Where, the, where we've seen teams like the Lions, the Dolphins, the 49ers kind of yeah. pick right back up where they left off. Yeah, exactly. Jacksonville kind of it didn't do that. They're not there yeah. right now. And I, I don't know if that's just preparedness in the off season um, or they were, maybe they thought themselves more ready than they really were. I don't know, yeah. but they don't look like they did at the end of last year. And I, it, yeah. it pains me to say that because I really was hoping they would be, I really want to see them yeah. pick up where they left off. And it seems like they dropped it. Yeah, uh, more. They're going to get back there. I think they're going to get back there, but yeah. they don't look at you right now. Yeah, we got more questions than answers. I mean, that's the thing. I, I, that's not all we can say this week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, someone that I thought was going to be, I said if Jacksonville was good this season, they won the division and they were in that playoff race, it'd be a lot of it because of Trevor Lawrence and his play, and that they would be, he would be an MVP candidate. Well, he straight looked like it the first two weeks, really. He does not. And, and again, it's two weeks. We got 15 more to go. So I'm not going to say who's the MVP and who's not right now. Um, the only one I can tell you right now is I can sure of is my bet on Joe Burrow being MVP. 
is just a torn up ticket now because of the injury. <laughs> the injury in the coach, there's no chance. Oh my God. So well that's that's week two. You're looking at that Caesar's future and being just kicking oh, yourself, aren't you? I just wish I could take a cash out now. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> horrible, horrible. Um hey, week three is coming up. Well, let's get the schedule for week three up here. Um uh-huh. we've got some some matchups I kind of want to see. I want to see Atlanta and Detroit. I know it sounds weird, but Atlanta and Detroit, I want to see. Oh, them. I I totally get it. These are two teams. I, this is a matchup that to me is marquee for the week. Yeah, I want to see what the Patriots have for the Jets. If the Jets can salvage the season, it's got to be right here with the Patriots, and the Patriots uh-huh. can make a statement by going in there and putting a fucking whooping on the Jets. A couple other games I'm looking at. Um, I want to see how big Dallas can beat Arizona. The Chiefs uh, put again, the Bears away. Uh, that's going to, I think they're yeah, a 14 point favorite. Me. I mean, that's going to be crazy. And then on, we're going to find out Monday night. We got doubleheader on Monday night again. Monday night double. Yeah. We got the six the uh six fifteen game early here in, in, in the central time. It was a five fifteen your way. Um Philly at Tampa. Y'all in about seven days, everyone's gonna say, Coach Bo, you were right. Baker sucks. He's gonna get lit. Maybe. Up. Maybe oh, spread is in the game. Hang on, we're going to see the spread, isn't it? Let's check out our friends over at DraftKings <laughs> and see what my people at DraftKings have got for us. So, you know, Come DraftKings. On, Come Yo, on, Rico, you know, DraftKings is our great sponsor here at the Coach Bono's podcast. Absolutely. And, you know, I um, I have not had a couple of good weeks. These first couple of weeks have been rough on the motherfucker because shit's just going every which direction. But I like a couple of these games this week. Patriots are, by the way, a three point favorite at. The Jets. Um, the other one I think is interesting. That Monday night game. Let's pull, let's pull this thing up here. Eagles laying five at the Bucks. That sounds about. That sounds about right. Easy money, baby. Lay the five. Lay it. Lay the lumber. The Eagles are coming. Two touchdown win for the Eagles. But now I'll say this. I'll say this. As I was saying it before, this is still in my eyes for the for the for the first team for the starters. This is kind of the end of the preseason. Yeah, I still think in this week weird shit can happen. Yeah. just because it's early. All right, give me this. Just because it's early. All right, so the biggest spreads going into the weekend. Arizona at home is getting twelve against the Cowboys. The Bears are getting 12 and a half going into Arrowhead. Who's more likely to cover 12 or 12 and a half points? The Chiefs at home, Cowboys on the road. Who's more likely to cover? Cover. I'm if I had to choose to cover, it's Dallas. I so too. Kansas City still. I don't expect Kansas City to lose. No, I don't like I said, it. for two weeks. They don't look clean. Yeah. They look they look like they're winning dirty. So Dallas is my pick to cover. 
Here's the game of the week for me. This is going to tell us a lot about the season moving forward. Second game, uh-huh. Monday night. The Rams coming off two well-played games. They're one and one. Yeah. In Cincinnati against the Bengals. Bengals are only a two-point favorite at home. If the Bengals, let's ask a couple of ways. If the Bengals lose to the Rams, is their season over at 0-3? You know, two we were talking about the 0-2s and the 2-0s, right? Mm-hmm. 0-2, it, for, for, the, for historical context, teams that start 0-2 make the playoffs 10% of the time. If the Bengals go zero and three, I think they're, I yeah, I think they're done. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that is that because if they go zero and three, most likely you've got to sit Burrow for a couple of weeks, let him get fully healed up, because you are now risking your friend, your your big ticket quarterback, your franchiser, you are now risking him on injury. They need this win really badly. Yeah. But if they lose it. I think you have to sit Burrow for a couple of weeks, and I don't think they can recover from that yeah. this year. Well, and I think even if Burrow does play, they go to 0-3. They got a couple of get-right games. They got the Titans. The, these next two games are kind of get-right games, but they're both on the road. At the Titans, mm-hmm. at the Cardinals. Now, I think we like them against the Cardinals is because that's a, a team clearly tanking. The Titans, I don't hate what they're doing. Oh, well, not necessarily because they'll get Kyler Murray back that week. Well, <laughs> but then in a row here, I'm not going to talk. Listen that. to this murderer's row. The, the, the Bengals then have the season oh, yeah, again, bad. who I give more credit to than everybody else does. At your 49ers, Buffalo comes to town. And then the Texans, who we think is going to improve. And then they're well, at Texas, the Ravens. Yeah, at Baltimore. It's, you know, That's that a is a game. rough. If you're 0 and 3 and you don't get right to 2 and 3, and then you go into that five game stretch, this thing could spin out of control. And you could be sitting you're at talking about three and five. You're talking about three a team. Six. Oh yeah. It, you're talking about a team that is going that very that could very conceivably go from AFC title game to out of the playoffs this year. Yeah. In in an offseason. I'll say this. This will not happen. I just don't see how the Bengals will do it because knowing how their ownership works. But if the Bengals lose to the Rams, they got those two weeks to get right. And I think I got to pull the coach in and I got to say, Coach, you're 0-3. You don't win these two next two games, you're fired. Plain and simple. It's what they should do. I don't know if they will. I don't think they will, but it's what they should do. I mean, I'm going to give them a chance. I'm going to say, hey, but they get right. They beat the Rams. And they win the next two. They're three and two going into that five game run. Now, if they can go three and two through there, 
they come out six and four, 10 games in. Now you can play those last seven. You try to get five of them. You know, six, you win four of them, you're in. 10 games will get you in. 10, 11 games get you in the playoffs. It, it doesn't get, it, it just doesn't get any. Because yeah. once you get past the Ravens, you still got the Steelers. We don't know who they are yet. Yeah. But the Jags don't know who they are yet. Get down Colts, Vikings, Steelers. And then you have the Chiefs again. It's that at that middle of the season. Then, like you said, once if you if you're not two and three, you're going into murderer's row yeah. that will decide the rest of the Yeah. What's going to hurt is they're going to have to get that five game stretch taken care. Of. They're going to have to win these next three, and they're going to have to go no worse than three and two for that five. But they've got to have their ten games in pocket by Christmas. Yeah. Because they play New yeah. Year's Eve in, in 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 Kansas City, and in the last game of the year, they're at home against the Browns. Burrow's only beat the Browns one time in his career, and you they they had it for him in Week One. Miles Garrett, if he's healthy, gonna come after it. The Browns could be playing for a playoff spot that week. We don't know. I mean, it it'd be interesting. But the Bengals are behind the eight ball. So again, those are the yeah, games this week I'm looking at. Those are the ones I love the Eagles in their game. I do think you're right on the if I had to pick the two big spreads, I think I like the Cowboys better. But I think we're gonna know a lot about that Bengals team this week. And I want to see Atlanta Detroit. I think that's gonna be a well-coached game. I think that's gonna be a tough game, too. And whoever wins that game, Atlanta Detroit to me is the marquee. Is the you're, going bar fight. you're going to win a bar fight if you win that game. I'm looking forward to, to Monday night just because I, I want to see what comes out of both of those games. Yeah. Atlanta-Detroit, to me, is the marquee matchup. And I'll tell you, I am looking forward to Thursday because I get to actually watch my 49ers. Yeah. I I'm say good. my 49 I get to watch the tough 49ers. Yeah. Can't call them mine. Yeah. I don't, you know. I'll tell you what I like is – I'm high on them. I, I'm I, looking – I'm just – I. Just some good. I'm, yeah. All right. Monday night, over under one and a half interceptions for Baker Mayfield. Under. I'll go. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. I don't think, I think this is one of those where he doesn't overreach. I don't think he overreaches. I think he knows that if he overreaches against this defense, it will cost him. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's capable of not trying to do that. I think that's one of his biggest problems. We so, shall see. He thinks he's Philly is Philly is Philly is good. They're undefeated, but they've they're still knocking the dust off. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Uncle Rico, thanks so much for coming in today. Hey, we want to remind everybody that our friends at DraftKings are sponsoring this podcast. Check out the link in the show notes. You're gonna get a hundred dollars in free bets with your first deposit. So get in there. Once you make your first deposit, make a five dollar bet. Boom, $100 in free bets. The free bets are good for seven days. Now, we got a little disclosure. You have to remember, gamble with your head, not above it. You have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get some help. Um, thank you again, Uncle Rico, for coming in. We'll talk to you next week. I want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast, appreciate every five-star review. Hey, this weekend, 
If you're in Lawrence, Kansas, come by tailgate pregame BYU and KU. I will be there. The address is 1019 Alabama Street. We're going to be in the house. My boy, the Yule Boys will be there. And the whole COCE clan, all the Chris Yule Boys will all be there together. We'll have a good time pregame at the KU game. Check them out. BYU KU should be game. So let's check that out. I'm looking forward to it. Looking for I'm well, yeah, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to one day. I'm looking forward to to you guys coming up here. We're going, oh man, that, did you watch the game? Did you watch that Bronco the Buffalo's game on I watched the 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 the, the for Prime? Yeah. I watched every second. I, I watched every second. We don't you and I don't do a lot of college football because I watch the college football, you really don't watch much. But um what's your take on Coach Prime real quick? I like what he's doing. I, I I like his grit. I I think people. I think he gets a bad rap. Honestly, I I think since since he before he even came to Colorado, he's been getting a bad rap on this. Um, uh, was that they were saying that he's? Uh, I think it was one of the one of the players was saying, "Bro, why do they keep doing this themselves?" Because this isn't the first time you know that that uh, a team has started talking smack before the game. These guys are all believers and have bought into this program and they're very serious about it. Yeah. If anybody thinks that, that the Sanders kids aren't for real, take another look. They are very good at what they're doing. And it's not a, just about them. The rest of the team looks good. Yeah. That kid who went out and I don't know that if was, you heard it, it is a lacerated hard. liver. He's that, yeah. good. Travis Hunter's going to be out three Hunter weeks. is good. Um, Travis Hunter is going to be an He's incredible out for like three, player. Four weeks. Yeah, and Shadur Sanders is uh, Bell Kuyper's already called him the fifth best quarterback prospect in college football. Um, having said that, the next two weeks are going to be huge for Colorado. I don't know if you've seen this who they're the playing. Test. This is they got Oregon. Do we know this is the one we're going to find out? They got this Oregon. This is what we're going to find out right now mm-hmm. if it's for real. Yeah, Oregon's really good, and then next week. There'll be more points scored in the Colorado USC game next week than any football game in history. Um, if you haven't seen USC yet, uh, USC's defense is getting better, but they really can't stop a nosebleed still. Um, but if you watch, they have the best player in college football, and he's the number one pick in the draft, Caleb Williams. Um, he's amazing. I've already said. I said this privately, and we'll say it out loud for the first time. It doesn't matter where Caleb Williams goes. He's going to be a great NFL quarterback. He's the kind of guy that turns your franchise around. Going to be great. He has the talent to be a Hall of Fame. He's a his Hall of Fame talent. So, um, I I will reserve judgment until he actually makes it onto an yeah. NFL team. I have said it before, and I will say it again. Yeah. The, the, the number of quarterback busts yeah. in the NFL is far higher than the yeah. successes. Watch, I, I challenge you to watch them. You'll be able to see them. In, that game, by the way, in two weeks, they just announced that game, USC at, I think it's USC at Colorado. That game is at USC. It is 11 a.m. start. Here in the here in Kansas City, it's a 9 a.m. local start. They want to put them on the big noon game on Fox. 
So again, a 9 a.m. game local for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. That is going to be crazy. But uh, I'll be up watching that game. Hey, like I said, thank you, Tyler. Thank you, everybody. We're going to get out of here. Until next week, we'll be on here a few days. Ellen will be back in later in the week for the point five pod. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. There won't be much football talk, but we'll get into some college football. We're going to talk about Shohei Otani this week and some of the – he got his surgery. Some other stuff coming up on the baseball side. We only got a week left, so we're going to be talking about that. Um, and we got – and the business and sports stuff's always coming. Dell and I are always on top of that. So uh, if you're going to be down with that, we'll have that out later in the week. Enjoy. Thanks for listening again. Until then, I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody.